If you have a Bible, will you turn with me to... Um, no, I tell you what, don't turn to anything. Just listen. <laughs> relax and listen for once. Just relax and listen. I'm going to just read a couple of scriptures. They're well known, quite well known. I want you to listen to these. Um, in John's Gospel, John chapter 1, verse 14, reads like this. It says in verse 14 of John 1, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. It says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only. He came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And in Matthew's Gospel, and in um, Matthew um, chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1, verse 22, reads like this. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which, which means God with us. They will call him Emmanuel, this son, which means God with us. And I just want to take a couple of moments, really, not, not, not really too long. Uh, I, um, I spoke a couple of weeks ago, or a week or so ago, on the heart of Christmas, and I took up the theme of Emmanuel, God with us, and looked at what the incarnation was and what it meant. Amazing that, um, again, our, our, our theme in our adoration and worship tonight is being really about God being with us, amongst us, in the midst of us. It's, again, the theme of the incarnation, and that's come in our, our worship and our adoration tonight. And so I just want to take that a little step further again and look at the practical implication and our response to God being with us and amongst us. And what does that mean? And just want to take that just another little step further. I've looked at it in great length, so I'm not going to go into the theological depths of it so much. If you want to listen to that, that's a, a, a message called The Heart of Worship. It's online and you can listen to that. But a man called Jim Irwin, he's an Apollo astronaut, and um, he walked on the moon and drove one of the buggies around on the moon uh, six, six years after Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong is the man that took that, that small step uh, for a man, but a great leap for mankind. And he, he uttered those immortal words. But six years later, Jim Irwin said these words. He said, God walking on earth is infinitely greater than man walking on the moon. Amazing words. Jim Irwin's a man of great faith. Moonwalker himself. God walking on earth is infinitely greater than man walking on the moon. And that's exactly what we have been celebrating and have been celebrating in the the very heart and theme of Christmas celebrates is God becoming man. God became flesh, it says. The, God became man. The one who is eternal um, comes amongst us and in the midst of us. God didn't just send us a message. He is the message. and became the message. And this is the amazing news for humankind and all mankind. And Mark's Christianity and the, our faith that we hold to uh, uh, not above, but out from all others, is this, that God doesn't just send a message, but he became the message. And this has implications for you and I about the message of Christ, being the message of Christ. And what does it mean to have God amongst us? You know, God cares so much that he wants to be involved in your life and my life. When God looked upon his creation, the world, he didn't just send his voice or send us a message, but he sends his son because he wants to be involved. Because God cares, he wants to be involved in your life and my life. 
doesn't want to order us around and take over and interfere. God doesn't come to interfere in our lives, but he wants to be involved. This is the amazing message of Christmas, that God wants to relate to us. He wants to be involved with his creation in the midst of your life and my life. And so God himself became flesh and lived amongst us. I love what it says in the message. It says um, in John chapter 1 there, and if I just turn to it for a moment, it's interesting how it, it comes about, but it, it's, it's great. It says this, John 1, and the, the verse 22 that I was reading. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. I like that. It's, really, it's rather nice. It's quite nice. It says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. And that's exactly what God did. He came into your world and my world. When we think of the world, we think of everything out there. But he came into our lives. He came right into our neighborhood. Uh, This is a a message of mission. This is a message of the heartbeat of God. It's the message where God wants to reveal himself to all humankind and mankind. Male and female, all of us, young and old. He wants to be in and amongst our lives. I like that. He says he came to our neighborhood. Your world, my world. Your world and my world is maybe quite different. We maybe... We, we walk in, in different paths and different parts of life. Uh, but God can come into your world. You know, my world and someone in China, someone in Iran right now. In Iran right now. Christians in Iran. People of Iran. What's going on? What's going on in China right now? Different parts of the world. But God comes into the world, into their world, your world, my world. This is an amazing message. I find this incredible. Uh, this morning was uh, so excited. I was so excited. I thought it was awesome seeing um, uh, the main sports all crowded with people from all across our community. And, you know, the nativity isn't just for the church. You know, the thing is for church and for Christians, we've, you know, how many times can you see the lady in blue with a bit of tinsel around her hair and, and, uh, and, and the shepherds with tea towels? How many times can you do that one, as it were? And in church, we can get a bit used to it, but it's for the world, the message for the world. And what I found so exciting this morning was to see so many people who wouldn't call themselves a churchgoer or, or necessarily a Christian crowded to hear the message of the nativity, God come amongst us. Yeah. That was awesome. I just thought that was just so good, so cool this morning to see that amongst us. But that's exactly what it's all about. It's what God wants to show himself, reveal into your life, my life, and our lives. I find it incredible that the one who created the universe, Tim was talking about creating the stars, the one who created the sun in the sky, um, clinged on to his mummy's little finger. You know, with a baby, when a baby clings onto your finger or your hand, it's amazing, isn't it? Um, I found out some facts about the sun. Uh, not that I'm uh, a particularly um, clever uh, guy into all this sort of stuff, but um, facts about the sun, really quite amazing, really. This is awesome. When you think of the one who formed the sun reaches out in vulnerability to his mummy's finger and wraps his little infant hand around his mummy's finger. It says this, the sun's surface uh, is, um, so I'm told, 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, And uh, the inner core is 27 million degrees Fahrenheit. The one who created the sun 10,000 degrees on its surface, which is a bit cooler. And at the very core, 27 million. 
27 million degrees Fahrenheit. I mean, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? The sun's diameter is um, something like 870,000 miles wide, right? Uh, The sun is 109 times wider than the earth and is 333,000 times heavier than the earth. It's awesome. What an awesome God we serve. It means that you'd need 333,000 objects that weigh as much as the earth. If you were looking at a scale, which you can't have a scale, but if you had a scale and you had the sun on one side and you were looking to balance it on the other, you'd need 333,000 objects on the other side as heavy as the earth to balance out the sun. Uh, Isn't it awesome? I know we get a bit used to it, Christmas with tinsel and the magic and pixie dust and and everything else. But um, isn't it amazing? The awesome God who created the sun... In the incarnation, in vulnerability, gripped his mummy's hand. I'm amazed. That's the vulnerability of God. But God so loves you and I that he wants to enter your life and my life. That messy world. It's a messy world. It's the world of fallen, broken heart, of sin, of rejection, of us doing our own thing. And God enters our world. He enters our lives and wants to be in the very midst and part of our lives. So he does. You know, God is not just a definition, but he de- it's a demonstration. Jesus didn't just define God and speak about God, but he, he demonstrated God. You know, we can speak about God as Christians, but God looks for a demonstration. He looks, he's looking for incarnation. Jesus said amazing words. He said, as the Father sent me, now I send you. It's great. Isn't it wonderful to say, oh, isn't it lovely? Jesus has come to be amongst us. He's with us and he loves us. And so he does. And he wants to rub shoulders with us. And so he does. And he wants to enter and move in the midst of your life by the power and person of the Holy Spirit. And so he does. And so he he actually does in our lives. But it doesn't just stop there. All fluffy and lovely and, and doughy and that wonderful that that is. And it is amazing. And it's incredible. But Jesus said some amazing words. The spirit of Emmanuel with us, is amongst us, is also the spirit when he says this. As the Father sent me, I now send you also. In other words, as God is living in Jesus, Jesus now says, I want to live in you. And wherever you go... You demonstrate me to the world. That's the spirit of Emmanuel. It's a demonstration of God's heart and love to the world. As he became, so Jesus now calls us to become. The heart, beat and breath of God, the heart of God is love, his purpose and his fullness. And so, there are two things that we need to do then. It says in John chapter 1, verse 12, we read a little bit from John 1, but in, in verse 12 it says these words. And this is the first thing that we need to do if we're to know Emmanuel in the heart of our uh, very centre of our lives. Um, verse 12 reads like this. He came to that which was his own, not his own. Yet, verse 12, it says this. To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. To all who received him and to those that believed in his name, he gave the right To become children of God. The first thing that we have to do to know Emmanuel in the midst of our lives is to receive him. To believe in him. The very first thing that we need to do. 
is to believe in that same, that living God. It's to trust him, to receive him, to open up our hearts and say to God, forgive me for living for myself. That's what sin is. It's living for self without God in the midst. And it's then to say, I want you in, I want you in the midst of my life. I give my life to you. Forgive me for living for myself. To receive him tonight. But you know, in life, as Christians, many of you are saying, well, I've done that. I know God. I'm a Christian. I love God. I don't need you to tell me that. I've heard all of this stuff. But even so, we need to give him a place and space within our lives. On that day, the day of the nativity, on that day, those many years ago, there was no room, we're told, at the house or the place where they were looking to stay. There was no room. Bethlehem was full. There was absolutely no room. So they found a a place which was smelly and dirty and there were animals in this house or home or barn or whatever it was. They found a space somewhere, but there wasn't much room. We read that in the Bible. And you know, in our lives, our lives today could be crammed with so much stuff. There can be no room for Jesus Christ, even amongst good Christians. Our lives are crammed with so much today. So not just life and leisure and our own time and my time, your time, work and all sorts of stuff that's going on. And if we don't watch it, if we don't watch it, we don't leave God too much space. We don't leave him too much space. That's why I love what, um, uh, it's great that Sue was saying, isn't she? Great lady, Sue Keenan. In soaking, when the children are soaking, so we talk about resting, abiding in the, in the presence of God, giving God space. It's good to give God space. But on that day, we can sometimes crowd God out of our lives where there's no room. On that day, those years ago, the religious people of the day, scribes, the Pharisees, and the, the various religious people of the day, missed the whole point. They missed out on Jesus, or they turned their back and didn't want to believe on certain things where Jesus would be born, or on the way in which he would come, or on the the person that he would be, they turn their back because it didn't fit their custom or their theology or their tradition. And woe we'll betide if we become too religious as believers. Sometimes the Jesus, the things of the Spirit or what, the way that Jesus wants to work doesn't fit our tradition or doesn't fit my custom or doesn't fit my type of theology that I want. And on that day, it was not only those where it was, Jesus was crowded out, but also those that were The religious and traditions of the day, they miss the point. How dangerous it can be if we miss. I don't know about you, but you can sit, we kind of sat through many a Christmas, many a Christmas meeting. I really, there's a real sense in our worship tonight of the vibrancy of God amongst Jesus alive, midst of my life. The wonder of he who threw the sun into being now takes me in the palm of his hand. I think that's quite amazing. I think it's amazing, amazing. We need to receive him. It was to the open-hearted, humble, honest that Jesus came. It's the shepherds, as soon as they heard, they thought, let's get up, let's go and listen. Let's go and find, let's go and see. It was the magi or wise men or sages of the day that travelled a long, long way and brought their gifts. And they looked to find, because they were open. They were, they were clever, but their hearts were humble and open. And they were looking for, they're open and receptive. And so today, it's those that are open, those that are receptive, those that are humble of heart. In other words, we give God space. To be humble doesn't mean to say you become a doormat, but we give God time and space and don't just rush around in our lives for ourselves. It's to those that God is here 
and that he reveals himself. And even in the midst of this Christmas, the same as applies to us today as Christians, or if you're not a Christian tonight, it's to you and I, if we give God place and a space, and open up our hearts to him and don't rush off, that he reveals himself. Will he receive him? And as a believer, will he give him space again? The wonder of his love. And secondly and finally, not only do we receive, it says there in in John chapter 1 verse 12, but as I said in John chapter 20 verse 21, Jesus said, as the Father sent me, I send you. We receive him. He's with us, amongst us, in our hearts, in our lives. And then Jesus said an amazing thing. He said, as God sent me, and I came amongst you, and I became the message, and I am the way, I want you now to live out that message as I'm living in your heart and your life. And I want you to go to all of the world. And I want you to take this with yourself far and wide. And so Emmanuel is God with us. But he's not God with us, wrapped up in our nice building and in our church services. Well, he is with us. But Emmanuel is God with us as we're scattered throughout the world. As we take the message and become and be the message of Jesus Christ wherever we go. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus says this. You shall receive power when the Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Starting in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And so today... Jesus sends the person and the power of the person of the Holy Spirit so that we have the power, energy, strength, ability, wisdom of God to live and be forgiveness, to live and be peace, to live and be grace, to live and be hope, to live and be in purpose. The power of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said, if you read it again for yourself, it's amazing. In Acts 1 verse 8, you will receive, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses. So we're to be. It's a, it's a spirit of Emmanuel. It's the same spirit. The spirit of Emmanuel, which we celebrate now at Christmas time, but it's for all time, is this. He says in, uh, in Acts 1 there, when the Spirit comes upon you, you will have power and then you will be. You'll, you will take with you. you. I'll be with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Wow, that is an incredible message. That's what Emmanuel is all about. He's with us, amongst us. He wants to be in your life if you receive him, in your marriage, your home and family. But not only here, wrapped up. And the devil would love to keep us, and the world would love to keep us wrapped up in a building, but released upon the world. Emmanuel, God with us, is a message to be broadcast by becoming wherever we go. It's an amazing message, all through the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. God in and through us and amongst us. Why? So that we can change the world. There was a day that changed the world, a day in history that changed the world. God amongst us. God didn't just speak out, he came. And now so too, God comes and lives within our lives. And as we go, he goes too. And so today, through the power and person of the Holy Spirit, we may know Emmanuel with us, in us, through us, wherever we go. Let's stand together, shall we? And you know, as we embrace the fullness of the person of the Holy Spirit, he is the one who enlivens us, strengthens us, inspires us, takes us, ushers us, uh, releases us, so that we're not just wrapped up in our our own lives and wrapped up in our, our church services, and church services are great, but we're released in the world to be bold, to be courageous, to be creative, 
to take his peace, to take the message wrapped up within our lives. You know, as we think of Christmas, we think of Emmanuel, we think of God not only with us, but God in us and through us. Let's embrace all that the Holy Spirit has for us in your life, my life, for us as a church, for you, who you are. What's your neighborhood? What's your world? Work, but not only just in front of our nose, but the world around us. Further afield, as far as we can dream, further than we can see. Emmanuel, God with us and amongst us. You know, this year, as we're coming into the close of this year, and we're looking to the beginning of a new one, let's start a new, fresh revolution. You know, we talk about loving Long Eaton and the love revolution. Let's start something fresh. Let's thank God we embrace all that you have afresh. You know, God doesn't just come to touch our lives, but to change our lives. Why? So we can change the world. He doesn't just give us a little touch, but a transformation. He really grips the very depth of our hearts. He loves us. He loves you. He wants to be involved in your life and my life and involved with those around us. Let's embrace what the Holy Spirit has for us today, but also for tomorrow. Start a new revolution, shall we?